In the words of Adam Schiff, how have we arrived here at so little common ground? I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Lights On. We have a jam-packed show for you today with all of the madness that the Republicans are engaged in vis-a-vis -vis the illegality of their dear leader, Donald Trump, and the successes of the Biden administration. We're also going to shine a light on some international crises that have not been covered. I'm so happy to be joined by my friend, British broadcaster, host of The Weekend Show, the new hit podcast, MAGA Uncovered, and 5-Minute News, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, welcome to Lights On. Thanks, Jessica. What a it's such a pleasure because you've been on the weekend show a couple of times, and so to to return the favor is the least I can do. I must say, my interviews with you on the weekend show were probably some of my most substantial introductions to the American public and and really the world. And I enjoyed those interviews with you so much. Um, they probably were a very important precursor to me even deciding to do lights on. So, thank you so much, Anthony, for having me. Of course. I think it was probably more luck than judgment on both of our parts. <laughs> we, just, we just ran with it. But um, yeah, I, I think what's so important is that we, you know, the, the mainstream media obviously is a phrase, become a phrase, hasn't it? And the thing is, channels like Fox and Newsmax and AON and all of those, they, they have become the mainstream. And so really, it's only uh, there's not much other choice in terms of independent journalism. And so for us here on Midas Touch to be able to have the opportunity to kind of communicate the facts is uh, it's a blessing. Yeah, you know, when I do the show every week, I'm, I do it at the end of the week and I'm trying to condense all of the news of the week and kind of just garner a theme, a theme that I feel like might have been overlooked or what is the big picture here? Where do we need to focus our attention? And I just couldn't help this week with this obscene and ludicrous censure vote of Adam Schiff but um, recalling his, his masterful leading of the first impeachment inquiry against Donald Trump, of course, the inquiry that was for his abuse of power. I think it could have legitimately been a bribery impeachment, although it wasn't. It was about his extortion of Ukraine, trying to get dirt on Hunter Biden to help him in his um, re-election efforts, which he was going to steal anyway. And I was just, in my memory, went back to those masterful arguments of Adam Schiff and his his attempts to, to summon these, these living but dead members of the uh, of the Republican Party who should have at so many points over the Trump presidency saved this country from where it ended up on January 6th and where it still is today, at least in their party, with him as their leader. And I, I was summoned back to, to those closing arguments. Um, one of them I will never forget. I'll never forget where I was in my car listening to that closing argument on the radio. Um, Salty, can we play that clip from impeachment one of Adam Schiff? History will not be kind to Donald Trump. I think we all know that. Not because it will be written by never Trumpers, but because whenever we have departed from the values of our nation, we have come to regret it. And that regret is written all over the pages of our history. If you find that the House has proved its case and still vote to acquit, your name will be tied to his with a cord of steel and for all of history. But if you find the courage to stand up to him, to speak the awful truth to his rank falsehood, your place will be among the Davids who took on Goliath. 
If only you will say enough. Every single vote, even a single vote by a single member can change the course of history. It is said that a single man or woman of courage makes a majority. Is there one among you who will say enough? Well, no is the answer to that, isn't it? I mean, this, isn't this the problem? That, that it doesn't really matter how serious the crime. The Republicans are just going to continue to back him whatever until, to coin a phrase of the week, there will be an implosion. They are literally leading to their own demise, quite evident this week in this forceful push towards impeachment of Joe Biden. I I warned on this network before I had this podcast when I was so concerned of uh, the prospect of House Republicans taking over the House that they would, they would do everything in their power to try to impeach Joe Biden. And sure enough, their clown caucus has forced that through Lauren Boebert. Um, they pushed her back on, on getting a full vote on impeachment, but they forwarded her impeachment resolution to committees. Um, they, of course, have to appease this, this, this nut fringe of their party. But here's the clincher. It's not the nut fringe that's the problem. It is that entire caucus that voted to censure an honorable man like Adam Schiff, the ones who know better, the ones who are lying to themselves and by extension lying to their constituents in this country, defending a criminal terrorist tyrant. They are the dangerous ones. You know, that that quote, Anthony, um, that Adam Schiff said there has been so special to me. He said it has been said that one on on the right. I'm quoting him a little off, but one on the right side is a majority. That's a that's a version of one with God is a majority, which is a Martin Luther quote, also repeated by Frederick Douglass. That is such a powerful concept. This is a party that pretends to align itself with faith. If they had any concept of faith. They wouldn't be afraid of a base that cannot um, that that is brainwashed and deluded by a cult leader. They would be leaders themselves, even if it was one of them coming out, stepping forward to say, "This is a dangerous man who is leading us." The people that he has um, he has brought up in his image, like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and Paul Gosart and George Santos and Jim Jordan. These are dangerous individuals that are misleading us. One with the right idea is power. It is power that is more powerful than a million people with evil intent and hate in their hearts. And that they have proven time and again, and this week again, that they are a faithless and impotent party. And it is so tragic that any, any constituency of our country still follows them. It's very interesting to me that they, a lot of them lack the ability to communicate, like to to actually make an argument and to talk in any length about anything that they have to offer, which obviously cannot be said for Democrats. Democrats and Adam Schiff is a perfect example of this, somebody who will literally talk till they're blue in the face. And I've said on, on my shows, you know, I will talk about Donald Trump until I am blue because it is 
the, the single most important thing. I will never tire of it. And I, I obviously I don't like him. <laughs> I think he is the, one of the most dangerous people to ever hold any uh, level of power and should never have been a president, shouldn't have been a mayor, shouldn't have been a congressman, shouldn't have been a, a governor. Like none of these roles are suitable for him. Public office is not suitable for Donald Trump. But this inability to actually debate and communicate, we've seen this in the hearings in the last few days, in the John Durham hearing as well, is that the arguments are so thin, the the narrative is so false, that the, their ability to actually make a point and follow through on it is, is, it just lacks any level of critical thinking or intellect. And they don't care. You know, to them, the, the circus is, is the pleasure. The saying the words impeaching Joe Biden, that is their pleasure. And censuring Adam Schiff, their enemy number one, is, is their pleasure. The fact that it's not really going to make a huge difference and it's more ceremonial than, than uh, you know, something that's going to silence him. I mean, in fact, he said it's going to make him stronger and louder. And this is just what I find so interesting is that, you know, none of the news channels will ask questions of these of these senators or, or, or these Congress people. They just are never held to account. And that's why that that interview that, that uh, Trump did on Fox last week was so powerful, because for the first time he was asked some tough questions. Absolutely. And I'm going to I'm going to go back to that interview with Brett Baer a little bit later in this episode, something that that I always think of um, having to do with Bill Barr, Donald Trump and the death penalty. And I really I really want to shine a light on that. So let's circle back to that. But just on this theme of these Republicans just being about the show, just being about getting the clickbait and um, appeasing this this desire for cruelty, um, the tragedy is, is that it's this authoritarian propaganda, Anthony, that they have done such a unfortunately effective job through these attempts, even if they go nowhere, of smearing people of good character, smearing Adam Schiff, smearing Joe Biden, that you have, and I, you know, I was at an annual meeting last weekend where I, I saw people that I know that um, I know are intelligent, educated people um, that I haven't seen in a while. And we had some conversations about about um, about politics, and they knew me when I was on the other side, and they knew that I had my cases against Trump, but they didn't know that I had really come full circle in, in just in my political support for Democrats. And we were having some of these conversations, um, and the, the tragedy is that they still believe these educated, well-intentioned, generally people have been so inundated with smears, with slander, um, with total falsehoods about Democrats that they would vote for Trump again. They would vote for Trump again, knowing everything that he did. They think that the Democrats are so bad, so evil and destructive because of these clown shows that that the Republicans put on and that Fox News perpetuates and all these other right wing outlets, that they are willing, they are willing to put someone like Donald Trump in office again. But all Democrats are doing is seeking to uphold the rule of law. And and this is what seems to be happening time and time again is, is that Democrats are sticking to the rules. 
the the, the institution of of um, the uh, you know American the pillars of American politics. They're kind of maintaining those those rules in order to keep a roof above the the head of Congress. You know, and and yet. Republicans, having been through that insurrection and and seeing the roof cave in, they now have like a, a taste for rebellion, and it's very exciting to them. And so I often just try to get into their minds, knowing that they are the they are keen to kind of maintain this uprising. Because I think you know this goes back to Steve Bannon. Can I, can I go uh, into it for you as one who as one who used to who used to buy into it? Well, You'll you'll know because of the Steve Bannon connection, and I'm sure you can explain. But before he, even the Steve Bannon connection, I know. Right, he he just wanted to cause chaos, and I and I feel that that has been pushed through the the very veins of the Republican Party. Like let's just blow it all up and burn it down, and and you know that's why the the impeachment of Biden and all of these things. They're not really about the impeachment of Biden. They're just about causing chaos and drama and headlines and clickbait and to give the impression that they're doing something because they're not doing anything. Well, what they've done, like I said, they've painted such such a broad stroke evil portrayal of Democrats that this in their world that they put out there, um, if you are not strong, and forceful and pulling out all the stops and um, playing an ends justify the means game against these evil Democrats, then you're weak and you're a rhino, then you're not, you're not, um, you're not strong. That's how they got so much support of Donald Trump in the first place, because he was, yeah, he was saying crazy things, but he seemed like a fighter. He seemed, this is the tragedy. He seemed like a fighter that was willing to pull the punches or pull no punches and do the things and say the things that these other weak, you know, rule of law Republicans, as they existed then even, were not willing to do. And um, and so it's this, this undereducated, ignorantly informed perspective of having a fighter. And I, I just, I hope that this sham uh, behavior, even the conflicts that we're seeing this week between individuals like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, I really hope that the American people are waking up to what a sham. I, I'm all for being a fighter, Anthony. I am all for being a rebel. The reason why I've done what I've done over the last several years is because I am a rebel. That is still me. That hasn't changed. But there's there's a rebel with a cause, and then there's um, a rebel for chaos and destruction. Like- a rebel without a clue, I think, is uh, yeah. is is the phrase. But but this is always going to go back to this blind worship of Donald Trump. And clearly, all of these events that are happening in Congress, the impeachment and the censure in the in these cases, have been directed by Donald Trump. He, he this is he is using leverage against people. He's saying, this is what you need to do. He's trying to do anything he can to to wriggle out of this investigation and to regain the presidency, if only to save him from prosecution. That's exactly what they will do. And that is why they're so dangerous. That is why we have to we have to do everything we can 
I, I think about this every week. I think about it in my personal discussions. I know you think about it, Anthony, in your show. We are we are doing everything we can to shine a light on how dangerous these individuals are because, um, you know, like one of those impeachment, or not impeachment, January 6th witnesses that I so adore, Judge Ludwig, he gave that introduction during the January 6th hearings about if you don't have the rule of law, you don't have freedom. You don't have a constitution. You don't have a democracy. Rule of law is the underpinning that holds it all up. Um, and and this is a very dangerous, dangerous party all across the board. They but there's, there's no end game, is there? This is what worries me, Jessica, is that, you know, even if Donald Trump... I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen to that guy, whether it's a heart attack or, or, or incarceration, who knows? But the damage has been done. You know, the genie is out of the bottle in terms of MAGA Republicans not playing by the rules, not caring about the, the pillars of the institution that from now on, you know, you can't get that toothpaste back into the tube. And so we are we are never going to go back to a time when there is respectful bipartisan uh, work going on in, in, in Congress. It is now, um, you know, it's like Republicans see Democrats as enemies. They fail to understand that their whole point of public service is to be part of government, whether they're in the minority or the majority, they are all part of government. They're holding the government to account. They're taking part in votes. It's like it is one big government, whether it's got Biden's name at the top or Trump's name at the top. You, you as a congressperson or as a senator, you have a role to play as a public servant for the good of all Americans. That has gone out of the window. There's, there is absolutely no interest from them whatsoever to do anything for all Americans. It's just do stuff for MAGA Republicans who care. They're really only doing stuff for themselves on Capitol Hill. It's almost like, I mean, look, the people who voted for Trump did not benefit from Trump's policies. They haven't worked that out yet. But life was not better under Donald Trump other than having license to be racist or you know, claiming that you've won. Well, they didn't win. He won. But his supporters just funded him. Speaking of winning, remember how many infrastructure weeks there were in Trump Trump administration? Infrastructure yeah. weeks that never went anywhere? Yeah. Well, this week we had Joe Biden and the Democrats um, supporting the efforts in Pennsylvania led by the superstar governor of, of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, um, supported by Pete Buttigieg, a transportation secretary, 12 days. That <clears throat> exploded portion of I-95 is back up and running. They celebrated by bringing um, <clears throat> fire trucks with the mascots of uh, the Phillies and other sports teams across across that passageway. This is just an example, like you were saying, of the real effective public service that Democrats do um, while Republicans play these games and do not invest in in the welfare of the American people while blaming and shaming or not genuinely shaming, but censuring casting aspersions on the people who are uh, who are who are trying to help us. Another thing, you remember how Biden averted that railroad strike right before Christmas, right, Anthony? Yeah, exactly. Isn't there? A, I mean, I haven't been in the U. I haven't been in the U.S. for seven years, living here. Obviously, I've been visiting for many, many years. But isn't it right that like the formula is that 
that Republicans kind of waste all the money and spend all the money and, and grow the deficit and all this stuff. And then it requires Democrats to come in and balance the budget. And then the cycle continues. I mean, isn't that basically what happens? And that yet, is exactly. That and, is exactly and, and yet the cycle. Republicans <laughs> claim to be the party of small government, of fiscal responsibility. And yet, actually, it's completely the opposite. And, and that's exactly what I was saying about how Trump supporters didn't see any benefits to voting for Trump, apart from, of course, that kind of thousand dollar um uh, rebate that they got, where he do you remember that stunt where he had to look like it was his signature on the on the checks? I mean, yeah. that was a, that was a stunt very early on in his presidency to to give basically bribing people to give people the impression that under Trump the economy would be better. Well, it was better for the one percent, and everybody else just got their own money back, and they thought that he'd given it to them. I mean. He is a marketing genius, as much as I despise you know, everything he stands for. I sometimes wish that the Democrats had a little bit more of that kind of branding prowess. Yeah, well, speaking of that, that branding um, and, you know, he always I remember all of those White House lawn shows that he put on, whether he was doing something good for us or not. He was, of course, he wasn't during his presidency. He always had these performances, all these signs up on the front white, front lawn of the White House, I guess, uh, trying to distract from the fact that he was just cutting tax breaks for, for millionaires and billionaires. But speaking of that versus low-key achievements of the Biden administration, I mentioned that railroad strike that Biden averted before Christmas. This is, of course, um, you know, number one fan of Amtrak, Joe Biden comes in, saves the day, averts the strike. And one of the major hangups that was um, threatening the strike was that the railroad workers wanted paid sick days. And even though it was averted then, it was not completely resolved until just a couple of days ago. Um, the Railroad Workers Union came out, praised Biden, said, we are thankful that the Biden administration played the long game on sick days and stuck with us for months after Congress imposed our updated national agreement. And, and he's, the leader of the union said specifically, without making a big show of it. Joe Biden and members of his administration in the transportation and labor departments have been working continuously to get guaranteed paid sick days for all railroad workers. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Anthony, on that. Um, Democrats have to tout their wins more, more often. I think they're getting a little bit better, um, but I think that they they have to play this game honestly with truthful bragging that they're playing with propaganda, diversionary bragging on the other side, for sure. We should talk about unions for a second, because this is another kind of dichotomy, like a, a kind of contradiction in, in US politics. And that is that, you know, unions are thought of or workers unions are thought of as bad, you know, oh, this is a, it's a socialist thing. And it's it's a Democrat thing. And, and, and yet more workers are seeking to join unions now setting up their own unions. And, and there is a kind of movement to do that. And, and, you know, and yet in the police service, for example, you know, in, in any of these um, emergency services, a lot, if not all of those workers are unionized. And the unions, the police unions especially, have gone out of their way to protect police officers, many of whom are Republicans, many of whom are far right and extreme, as we've seen, you know, the, the Derek Chauvins of this world, people that enjoy using a firearm and wondered how they could get a job where it was legal to kill people. I mean, I, I say that without 
you know, without any irony. I mean, that's the that's the tragedy of of, of police. You know, that people say, oh, it's only a few bad police officers. It's kind of a lot of police officers, and and yet the police unions have been protecting and supporting these people for years. And so this is for me where there's this contradiction. It's like, well, is the union a goodie or a baddie? Make your mind up. You want to join a union or you don't want a union. But ultimately, for workers to be represented, no matter what sector they work in, is essential. And especially in a future Trump administration, the the unions would come into their own. Yeah, I think that's really uh, important that you pointed out unions, uh, Anthony, because Trump pretended to be an ally of unions, but Biden is a real ally. He's a real ally. And there that actually the coalition of union leaders really was part of the really important Biden coalition that got him elected and for very good reason, because he really is on their side. I, I happen to be a member of a union, the Screen Actors Guild, SAG-AFTRA. Um, you know, we're standing in solidarity with writers right now who are on strike. It is such I, as a union member, have experienced so many, um, so many instances when that union was intrinsic to protecting my rights on a film set, on a TV set, um, in in you know making sure that working conditions are fair, in enabling people. And this is this is actually interesting, Anthony, because I'm such. We I talked a minute ago about how much of a rebel I am and such an individualist that even as a member of a union, when I used to buy into this propaganda, I bought into the propaganda that unions were. We're bad and we should just have right to work because I'm like, we can all fight for our own rights. We're all, you know, I'm I'm so so confident in individual power <laughs> that that um, you know, why do we need these big and powerful, possibly corrupt institutions called unions? And that's just that's just propaganda that they use to mess with you when they really just um, want to take away this protection take away make it make it more easier for powerful people to abuse people who are on their own and um, distract from the fact that it's not it's not um, you know anti-individualist as I used to be maybe deceived into thinking but it's just a really powerful protectant for people um, who would not otherwise have a way to to exert their voice and um, have collective bargaining abilities. Um, and protect was it, is it Greg Abbott or DeSantis that just signed this bill that said that farm workers couldn't take water breaks or something? I mean, I, I think I read that. I mean, this is the problem. If you don't have unions and you don't have some kind of regulation of workers and workers' rights, then you're going to end up with, with like dead farm workers. And, and, you know, you only have to look to Europe and see how the European Union has very strict workers' rights. I mean, for me, it's very shocking to kind of get my head around the way Americans are only get two weeks holiday a year. I mean, it's like, seriously, you know, like in, in the UK, we get four weeks plus like nine extra days. So like five weeks and, uh, you know, as many sick days as you're sick. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. And yet, it, again, it's like turkeys voting for Christmas because you have this kind of far right MAGA brigade who are down with the unions. We don't want unions. Meanwhile, it means you're going to work more. It means you're going to it means you're going to be treated worse at work. It's kind of a microcosm of how they get people just in every issue to rally against their own interest. Yeah, but it, exactly it's it's so it. it's so short sighted. And the only expl explanation for this is that it's a cult. 
and that the cult mentality is such that you don't know that you have been radicalized and you don't know that you are doing the, the, the bidding or, or, of those who seek to control you. And, you know, they're not free under those terms. They just use the word freedom, shout it, write it on banners, have it on flags. But it doesn't mean anything if you haven't got someone looking out for you. Absolutely. They are saying freedom in the name of their own oppression. (laughs) (laughs) We will continue to shine a light on on this as, as long as we are doing this, Anthony. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor and we will come right back. We've all heard the famous line, try it free for 30 days. Yeah, well, that's just enough time to try it and then completely forget about it. In fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. You could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for ones you don't use. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal financial app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them like that Stars app just to watch one show, or that free gaming trial you never actually used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses, so you can easily track your budget in real time, and also get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lights on. That's rocketmoney.com slash lights on. Rocketmoney.com slash lights on. So returning to our theme of of voting against your own interest, rallying against your own interests. Um, Can we just circle back to that insane Brett Bear interview that I know you covered on MAGA Uncovered earlier this week? Um, I don't think you covered this particular clip. You, of course, remember when he was talking about the death penalty and um, the pardons that he issued. This is such, I mean, this is, we could go in so many tangents, Anthony, on this conversation about pardons. Um, I'm thinking about this just as I'm speaking, but we're going to focus on the death penalty angle here for a minute. Uh, Salty, do you have that clip? I focused on nonviolent crime. As an example, a woman who you know very well was in jail. She had 24 more years to serve. She served for 22 years. She had 20 Alice Johnson. Alice. She was in the Super Bowl. High quality. Oh, yeah. I said, how many years? And she was on a telephone call and they were involved in selling marijuana, mostly marijuana. And she got like 50 years in jail. But she'd be killed under your plan. Huh? As a drug dealer. No, 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 under my, oh, under that? Uh, it would depend on the severity. It but would depend on the severity. She's technically a former drug dealer. She, the, she had multi-million dollar cocaine ring. Any drug dealer 
Look. So even it, Alice Johnson in that ad? It, she can't do it, okay? By the way, if that was there, no, she wouldn't be killed. It would start as of now, so you wouldn't go to the no, past. No, but your policy. No, no, no. no, starting now, yeah. I mean, did America elect a complete moron? I mean, this is because, you know, it's it's the more he talks, the more people who voted for him, I hope, are going to realize that they are smarter than him and that, and that the guy is a moron. He couldn't even remember her name. I mean, it was it was so offensive. That whole sequence was so offensive and just proves that the policies don't mean anything. When he announces them, he doesn't even know what they are. When he's, you know, doing these speeches in the semi-darkness, reading off the prompt, he's probably never pre-read the speech, that he has no real interest in public service or anything. It's, I mean, the only people he was interested in pardoning were Roger Stone and, and General Mike Flynn. I mean, Mike Flynn, Steve who Bannon, twice lied to the FBI <laughs> under oath. I mean, it's like, seriously, when are people, people going to realize? Buying, people that were possibly buying pardons. I mean, this is one yeah. huge, possibly uninvestigated story. There are allegations out there that Rudy Giuliani was selling pardons for $2 million or trying yeah. to anyway. I mean, this is... Yeah. It's so scandalous. But what I wanted to bring up, I'm so glad you brought up the, you know, my temptation. And I did the first few times I watched that clip, I laughed out loud because it's just it's it, it's it's hilarious, but it's unbelievably tragic. Well, it's a human tragedy. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's just it, it's yeah. like you couldn't make it up, Jessica. I mean, that's no. the thing. It's like if you wrote it as a kind of sketch in Curb Your Enthusiasm, the writers would go, oh, that's a bit it's too much. It's like, really? It's unthinkable. This? But what it brought to mind was the reinstitution of the federal death penalty under Donald Trump and Bill Barr, Mr. Rehab Tour, Mr. I'm now for the rule of law after I completely undermined it for a wannabe dictator in this country. Um, under Donald Trump, with the aid and assistance and you know very willing um, efforts of Bill Barr, lifted a moratorium that had been on the death penalty for years in the federal system. In Trump's last six months in office, there were 13 executions, 13 executions in his last six months after a 17-year hiatus. Um, this was outlined in a really exceptional article. I, I encourage our luminaries to go read it. It came out in February in Rolling Stone. Um, from a couple of writers, one of whom, Swin Soup Sang, who's covered my Trump NDA case um, multiple times, and Patrick Reese. Um, excellent article, absolutely infuriating. Um, a couple of the people that were executed, one was a woman named Lisa Montgomery. This is a woman who was deeply mentally ill. Um, she had been sexually abused as a child. If you read this article, you will find out about how her, um, her parents or guardians would literally sell her as a child, offered her as a sex slave, essentially, to get services like plumbing and other household services. I mean, this woman was severely traumatized and mentally ill, went on to commit a, a fairly heinous 
prime, but was a um, prime candidate for pardon of the death penalty based on her mental condition. Um, and usually at the end of a pres presidency, the pardon office is, is responsible for recommending to presidents um, people who are should be given clemency. Um, of course, the federal death penalty wasn't even a thing for 17 years, so it's usually just pardoning um, pardoning crimes and offenses. But here, this people's lives were at stake. Lisa Montgomery's, um, her team was trying to make pleas literally as Donald Trump was leading his supporters to ransack the Capitol. So her pleas went unanswered. Lisa Montgomery was the first woman executed federally since 1953 in this country. Um, another one who whose team was absolutely pleading for um, clemency and to have his life spared was a man named Brandon Bernard. This was a somebody who also uh, was engaged with others in a pretty awful murder when he was a teenager. Um, it very clearly came out that he was kind of um, a forced member of a gang and, and not the ringleader at all. Even the prosecutor who had been on his case had called for him to not be executed. Um, his team watched as he died by the drug penobarbital, a, a drug that causes a painful sensation akin to drowning as fluid pushes into the lungs. This is how uh, the federal government under dictator Donald Trump and his accomplice Bill Barr were killing people as he attempted to stay in office as the dictator of America. So um, let us not forget for, for my friends out there um, who think that the Democrats are evil and we should just do anything but to reelect Joe Biden, the horrible man that he is, um, wake the hell up, people. This is this is your guy. This is who you think is better than the Democrats who are actually working to help you. Some does, does it also go back to like Trump's view on the Central Park Five, for it's example? Exactly that, right? This exactly this is that. who this guy is, and even further back to you know not wanting to rent space to to people of color. I mean, this is this is the kind of guy that you're dealing with, and you know, I I recognize that Donald Trump, like you know, he's a he's a he's a wimp, basically. You know, he couldn't he couldn't punch someone in the nose even if they were they were asking for it he's not that guy and yet they portray him in those trading cards as this strong man or they have those memes of him doing wrestling and stuff he's not that guy he's a guy who from behind you know uh behind the the parapet will will say you know these people should be killed this these people should be in prison these people deserve the death penalty he's a troll basically and, you know, the the Central Park Five got, what, but somewhere between seven and 13 years, each of them. And, and, you know, he took ads out in the newspaper to kind of push this propaganda to, to get put these people behind bars. And, you know, I even credit Donald Trump with the death of 157 people and, and nine crew in that Ukrainian International Airlines flight. You, you know, after and I, he, Anthony, thank you. Right? You, we you are know, like-minded. It's always... We, always. we are, we are like-minded. <laughs> but, but this is because of the, you know, the death of Soleimani, which yes. he was so kind of excited about that he'd killed this guy. I've killed this guy, you know, and, yes. and, and it was off the tit for tat the iranians wanted revenge and you know Ab what you know absolutely. what that execution of soleimani was for we started this episode with impeachment one it yeah. was trump's diversionary strategy in that moment what am i going to do i'm going to yeah. go after this iranian guy exactly and and, and this was a a scheduled international civilian passenger flight from tehran to kiev 
operated by Ukraine International Airlines. This is January 2020, a Boeing 737, and it was shot down by the Islamic Revolutionary Guard uh, uh, shortly after takeoff. Everybody died, right? This was an absolute tragedy. It, it barely got any coverage, the kind of coverage that it should have got, because it was there was a distraction, a diversion, Trump celebrating doing his victory lap about Soleimani. And, and you know, the families of, of those um, people, 165 families, are, are still living with that tragedy today. And, and Trump, I doubt, loses any sleep over it. But, you know, Trump should be up in The Hague for that. And, 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 you know, you know Anthony, this is, that's the second that is I I attribute that as the second civilian airliner that he caused to down. You remember the first one? Tell me. The first one was in 2019 when he was having his tantrum showdown with Nancy Pelosi, shutting down the U.S. government. Uh, I've talked about this on Lights On before. As a byproduct, the FAA halted software ups updates to the 747 MAX. Of course, 747 MAX had already gone down. 737 MAX. Was it 737? I thought yeah, it was 747 okay. is the jumbo jet. Okay, I thought I, I thought I misquoted that before. Thanks for the correction. That's okay. The 737 MAX, um, they, those updates were halted, and that Ethiopian airline went down killing over a hundred civilians again because yeah. it was two it was two airlines the total was 346 people that died and the US was the last country on the planet to ground that aircraft and this is all because that Boeing were doing self-certification because the FAA were in bed with them and the guy running the FAA wasn't up to the task and again Trump you know, thinking again, it's American exceptionalism, isn't it? It's like, you know, there's no way a Boeing could be faulty. It's like 346 people have already died. Ground it, like stop it. And and the US was the last country to do so. He has so much blood on his hands and his defenders, Anthony. This is what I always go back to because I'm going to be honest with you. I think that they are forced into a pivot. We're going to talk a minute about Jack Smith's latest developments. I think this guy is um, is likely in prison by the, the height of the 2024 election, and they're going to pivot. They're going to pivot um, because they're forced to. And let me make a prediction, Anthony. I don't know if you agree with me. And I say this as somebody who knows the sentiments and, and that sentiment of wanting a fighter, unfortunately, whether you're you're getting the right fighter or not. I think that Chris Christie rises to the top of that field. I, I really do. Um, I think DeSantis has shown himself to be just an utter clown and not capable of handling the national stage, let alone the world stage. Um, and I think that Chris Christie really ends up upstaging him as the adult um, and doing something now, notably late. And I will I will put Chris Christie in the camp of Bill Barr and every one of these Republicans who were unwilling in that moment that we started the show with in 20, not 20, early 2020 to say this man needs to be removed from office now. Where was Chris Christie then? Where was uh, where was John Bolton, who CNN has on all the time, like he's just some informed individual? Where were you, John Bolton, when we needed witnesses in impeachment one to tell us what a dangerous man was in the Oval Office? Where were these people then? Um, and I say this, of course, of someone as someone who did not have the lucidity and clarity to to know myself, who I was working for in 2016. But but plenty did. I mean, look at John John yeah. Kelly. 
John Kelly, who was, you know, chief of staff, uh, albeit briefly, I mean, didn't he even like buy the book on Trump's psychology to try to understand more about the malignant narcissism? I mean, you know, Kelly, Mattis, I mean, there's a whole bunch of people who, Rex Tillerson even, who caught, caught him an asshole. You know, stepping down and getting out of there is not enough when you have a an autocrat who is clearly unfit for the job and is a danger to the United States. I mean, you know, Mark Milley we have to put on a pedestal because he basically prevented World War Three while Trump was in office by communicating with through back channels with, with the Chinese government and saying, look, please don't don't take anything that this guy is saying as read. We're, we're not going to attack you. I mean, it's like, what? How many people, as you say, were in a position of responsibility and authority where they could have blown the whistle? Why are whistleblowers in this country looked down upon? You know, where I'm from, a whistleblower is celebrated. And and it doesn't make sense to me that that time and time again, it's the it's the big boys that will win. Boeing, obviously, is to go back to that example. You know, people getting behind Boeing, it's American, and of course it... You know, it's like everybody makes mistakes. Admit them. Deal with them. For the sake of lives. And with regard to your prediction, I quite like Chris Christie. I think he would make a great leader of the Republican Party. But I actually believe that... I, I believe that Donald Trump will prevail. And I believe that Donald Trump will not be incarcerated and i personally believe that donald trump will seek the next election and i believe he will lose and i believe that in the in his election loss he will again claim election fraud and will be spending the rest of his life in and out of court but i just don't think he'll be in and out of prison well i'm as i'm gonna bring us full circle from one of our weekend show interviews and i am great to see this faith that you have that Donald Trump will in fact be, you think he'll be found guilty? I, I think that him being found guilty won't make the slightest bit of difference. I mean, he is guilty. The evidence is compelling, right? There's audio recordings, photographic evidence, there's witness that, testimony. You think that Republicans will continue to run him as, as their candidate from prison? Yes, yes. <laughs> The cult, the cult is strong, you know, the, and, and this is it. He's not a normal candidate. You know, he's not Chris Christie. He's the not thing is, the, these 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 Republicans are so they ultimately I mean, they put on the public front of backing this man because they are feckless and fearful of doing anything. different. Yeah. And behind the scenes, they hate him and they think he, he's so, he's so a it, terrible person. The but they, day, they can't win without him. That's what they and they only care about power. They, exactly. And, and, exactly. And so, it, I mean, they are going to be I and mean, they're making complete and utter fools of, of themselves, which is beautiful for democracy and hopefully for the awakening of, of millions of Americans. Um, but I think they're I think they're ultimately forced to pivot um, when he's convicted and, and or possibly, you know what, Anthony, let's just move on to our Jack Smith story, because it's possible that this man goes to prison before uh, before a criminal conviction in either the Bragg um, prosecution or the current Smith prosecution or the um, upcoming pending uh, Fawny Willis prosecution in Fulton County, because there is a this week um, magistrate judge Reinhardt. Uh, 
signed the protective order, which was a consent motion to make sure that Donald Trump does not violate these terms, does not disclose discovery or speak to um, documents that are being shared with him in the discovery process publicly um, or with with witnesses. Um, I don't know if Trump can comply with this. He's he's subject to contempt and possible imprisonment prior prior to um, his actual trial. And and Judge Eileen Cannon, you know, Anthony, I talked about this last week on Lights On. Um, the lights are on that woman. They are on her. The world is watching her. Um, she has a chance for redemption from, from making a complete and utter fool of herself uh, before the country and the 11th Circuit um, in 2022, at the end of 2022. And she's, she's fast-tracking this trial. I mean, August 14th. And she's so that that won't happen, racist. will it? I mean, that's that's a kind of foolish announcement from her because it's just not possible to get security clearances for lawyers and to get anything ready for August fourteen. And you know, I I don't have faith in Eileen Cannon at all. You know, I think it's a bit of a distraction to think that she's going to rise to the occasion. I mean, you know, we said that about Donald Trump when he won the presidency, gave him the benefit of the doubt. I think if you're in the cult, if you are part of this you know, this new MAGA Republican movement, that there is very little movement in your in your support, your kind of unwavering support for the cause. And that's why, you know, I, we talk about executive privilege all the time, but there's this other thing called presidential privilege that is an unofficial term, which I've just coined, which is the fact that presidents don't go to prison. They just don't. It's like it's too much culturally for America to handle to actually because you know Nixon should have been in prison you know but it's like but Donald Trump I think we're going to turn this page and the good news with Eileen Cannon even if you have no faith in her and I don't have faith in her yeah. I have faith in I have in the, faith in the system in this I have faith yeah. in this the ultimate the the real principled underpinnings fail as they may often um, of the system also the classified information uh per, production or protection. I'm, we don't have the lawyers here today, but it's SIPA, which is basically um, giving Jack Smith's a, a team a fast track resort to the 11th Circuit if she steps out of line. She is aware of this. Um, there, There is uh, a remedy. And like you said, August 14th likely does not stick as the trial date, but it is a very it's a very ambitious start. So um, there will be dispositive motions. Donald Trump's team will try to get the charges dismissed. But um, there is at least an indication from her that even even if it's just her wanting to show publicly that she's maybe not the Eileen Cannon that we saw uh, with the special master debacle. Well, we know nothing about her. We know she's inexperienced, but it's a bit like with Jack Smith. When that video came out a couple of weeks ago of him walking down the street, and then, of course, when he got up and made, it, made his kind of uh, speech, you know, his indictment speech, I was like, wow, he's completely different to the guy I had in my head. You know, and I, and I think that we do this with Eileen Cannon as well. We're projecting who she might be or what she might be about. And really, there's like two photos of her. I think one from her wedding and the other's like an official portrait from, from the bar. But it's like we are relying on people playing by the rules. And Republicans, whether they're lawyers or not, do not play by the rules. Well, let, and, me, give and, you, let me give you a little bit of personal insight into this. You started okay. off at the top of this mentioning Steve Bannon. 
yeah. and what a chaos agent he is and the disregard that he has. And of course, I know him. He's the one on that Trump campaign that I worked for that promoted me. So I have very uh, extensive interactions with him. And I'm not sure if you're familiar, our luminaries are familiar because I've shared this story with them many times, but uh, we tracked down Steve Bannon. We served him, um, my mother <laughs> served Steve Bannon with a subpoena outside his Capitol Hill townhouse after he avoided process servers that I paid, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for, for months. And um, we took, you know, I took it into my own hands, employed my mom, she got him served. He throws the papers on the ground, avoids the service. We go to DC court. We file a motion to compel. He, um, avo or, or, he ignores that whole process. And the judge signs that order to compel. And sure enough, after it gets reported on the local news in Washington, DC, guess what? Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon wises up. He decides he doesn't want to be arrested for defiance of a subpoena in the case of Jessica Denson versus Donald J. Trump for president. And guess what? Steve Bannon shows up for a videotaped deposition over six hours, just completed, just got in the invoices for it. And Steve Bannon in that deposition room in three different locations from Palm Beach to the war room and somewhere else, he was all over the place during this deposition. He behaved shockingly, maybe to some of our viewers, but not necessarily to me because I did have these interactions with him as one of the most considerate and, um, and responsive witnesses that we have had. This is the result of the rule of law being exerted on these people without letting it up without pulling it back. People are not the same. Steve Bannon is not the same person in a videotaped deposition sworn under oath that he is on the War Room podcast or that he is on whatever, you know. And we saw the same with Donald Trump, right? When when he was uh, having to sit and give a, des a deposition, there's a videotape of that. I think it was in the E. Jean Carroll uh, trial, but it was er earlier on in that trial. He He has this very kind of sullen face, living in his sadness because you know i often think jessica about how unhappy that guy must be like to be he's miserable he's, he, he's absolutely a miserable, miserable unhappy man and the whole family you know they they have this like you know porcelain veneer smile going on but they're they're they live in their sadness and i really sense that and obviously he doesn't have any friends so he can't really go he can never like be truthful and say you know something i i just wish this would end you know i just I'm just done with all this. Like, how do I make it stop? He couldn't do that. He doesn't have that sensibility. And so seeing him, and I, so I know exactly what you're talking about. When the rule of law kind of comes down, the law is bigger than they are. And, and Trump puffs out his chest and pushes all this bravado. And Steve Bannon wears two shirts and three pens. And, <laughs> you know, it's the whole thing's for show. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, these are just little boys, yeah. little sad lonely boys. Yeah, I want to put I want to put one asterisk on my comments about Steve Bannon. I said consider it. I think that was a little too generous. <laughs> I, there's actually um, pending pending the completion of this whole deposition process. There's some other little news I want to share with you about it about that Steve Bannon deposition that was not not considerate at all. But um, in the long run, in the long from a, you know, just taking it all in, the rule of law prevailed in that fight to get Steve Bannon. Um, but, but what about the reaction of the of the of the base, you know, of the Trump base, of the MAGA Republican base? If as you say, if Trump gets prosecuted and if he gets handcuffed and taken off to jail, 
you know, they've been sold a, a lie the whole time. And and so they're going to have a wake up about, moment. This is the How are they going to react? This is the thing about leadership and narrative that I think has been vital for day one. We started off this week, Anthony, with that bombshell report about the slow rollout of the investigation into Trump from Je- for January 6th, the reticence of the FBI to name Trump as one of the people that they were actually um, looking into the criminal behavior of pertaining to January 6th and only wanting to go after the foot soldiers. They missed an opportunity uh, I think our, the, the justice system missed an opportunity. The Republicans, you know, the pathetic, feckless people that they are missed an opportunity to reclaim whatever tatters of their party was left immediately after January 6th. But when this guy becomes a shackled criminal defendant, the narrative by necessity is going to change about who this man is. That's why, you know, these these people are just so faithless and pathetic to me in this Republican Party, because if they realized that statement of, jo- of of Adam Schiff, that one with God is majority, one with the right idea is a majority, they would realize they're in a position of leadership to lead this cult out of this mental miasma that they're in. They're, they have the ability to change the narrative, to say, this guy is a criminal who's been lying to you this whole time. But it takes and a lot this, to deprogram people, doesn't but it? This you is know? the beauty. This is, I think, the beauty of the justice system and why we have needed, why I've been so forceful and adamant that it's not just enough to handle Donald Trump through through the electoral system, through elections. We have to handle him through criminal justice because you speak about the mastermind marketing. Well, it's sure as hell time to rebrand Donald Trump as who he really is. But Trumpism will last though, won't it? Beyond Donald Trump. Trumpism is now a generational thing. And are you saying that people once, you know, once he's put away, as you claim, because I'm still still not running with that result, but like, that that people will suddenly be like, yeah, you know, like Ted Cruz and everybody will be like, yeah, I always hated that guy. I can't see it. No, well, they're going to have a very difficult time of explaining their failure, their lapse in moral judgment and clarity. And that's, I think, the beauty of how this all plays out and why I don't think we give them any passes, not Ted Cruz, not Chris Christie, not any of them um, for, for not having that clarity before. Um, but but they, this is yeah, it's a tragedy because it is so entrenched. It's so entrenched in you know Fox News culture in in red state um, the the following of of the Republicans and the MAGA base. Um, it's it's a work. It's going to be a long term work for us to. I don't think they're going to help us get out of it soon because. They are shameless. They are shameless. Can, can I share a, a fantasy with you? I, know, I, I pray it will come true. Yeah. But all of the things that upset me on a day-to-day basis about the, the about the Trump movement and Trumpism is the rollback of Roe and Dobbs. That obviously is the the biggest one. You know, women's access to health care. Um, you know, death penalty stuff. We've we've talked about, but the vitriol and hatred towards the LGBTQ plus community all this garbage about children being indoctrinated in schools, which is just not true. It's like not based in truth. 
all of all of these talking points that MAGA Republicans have been saying, both in Congress, you see it on Fox, it's in on the social media sites, like all of this whole movement, Mums for Liberty, kind of, it's just all garbage, right? Because it's not based in truth. This is my fantasy. If, because of what is about to happen in terms of investigations and prosecutions or whatever, but Joe Biden could win. And if he wins, he won't just win the presidency, but the Democrats will take control of the House and of the Senate. And if they have a, a, a hat trick and if all, all three branches of government fall to the Democrats, there is the opportunity to codify so much of this stuff into yes. law and to do it quickly because they failed. You know, when, when, the, when the Dobbs decision was, was leaked uh, from the Supreme Court, they should have then dealt with that and, and, and codified that. Well, of course, you had Manchin and Cinema refusing to break But you had Manchin, but there, there might have been a way around it. I don't know, but I felt like there wasn't enough going on. But this time, I think enough lessons have been learned, and I think there is a very good chance that, that the Democrats could win all three branches of government, and then they need to get on with putting the country back on track, bringing it back up to date, not the rewind of 50 or 60 years and and making sure that that people's rights, equality, trans rights, human rights are all very much on Real statute freedom. and 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 balance will be brought back to America and the view of the US on the world stage will will be one of more respect and and it will maintain its position as a as a leading democracy in the world. I love that. And I'd like to not call it a fantasy. How about we call it a vision, a vision that we are okay. aspiring to and, and not letting up our guard and understanding the stakes and what needs to be done, the work that needs to be done. You know, you think I think all the time about there were two states that de the Democrats just didn't focus in on enough. And of course, you know, illegal gerrymandering that is part of the reason why we need the John Lewis Rights Voting Act to stop these kind of things is very significant cause of the Republicans taking back the House. But um, two states that the Democrats could have put more effort into were California and New York. If they didn't jumble their own their own prospects in, in New York, they would have had a handful of seats. Um, so we, you know, absolutely, Anthony, so many things are at stake, so much positive unfoldment and potential for the American people for protecting real freedom, for stopping this hatred and vilification, demonization of people that um, are just trying to live their lives or live a better life is, is got to stop. And we have that opportunity um, with one party, the one sane party um, that uh, is is living up to their public service. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, Anthony, I'm always grateful to have your perspective as as a Brit here. And sometimes I think we get overwhelmed with these sensational stories. Um, of course, we've had this week that this just incessant coverage of, of a submarine where five explorers um, apparently met their demise looking after the Titanic. But I think there was another really significant story that was almost just completely not covered. Um, this, this story of this migrant boat passing through the Mediterranean Sea off the coast of Greece. It's um, almost 750 people, I believe, were on board this ship. Only about 100 or so have been recovered. It's over 500 still missing, likely dead. Um, there are questions about whether the Greek Coast Guard just completely ignored 
um, this catastrophe as it was unfolding. There's also the whole kind of right-wing anti-immigration issue in Greece um, that may yeah. may be the back story to, to this. But can you talk a well, little the, bit about this? There's a, there's a twist to this story, actually, which, which has only really just been announced, and yeah. that is that it was the Coast Guard that caused this vessel to capsize. Mm-hmm. And if the Coast Guard had not mm-hmm. sent a boat and thrown a rope because they this is their attempt at a rescue and yes you might say it's steeped in there might be a kind of racist aspect to this or a xenophobic aspect to this because you know of the 750 there was uh, over 200 pakistanis there was people from egypt there was a whole range of nationalities on board but the coast guard threw a rope to try and tow a boat that had over 750 people on well that boat is designed to take you know it's it's a fishing boat right it shouldn't have anything like that number of people on it's designed to take fish if the coast guard was doing its job properly it would have known that you can't tow a boat like that without it tipping over and it did and so now the question is very much on the greek coast guard and saying did they cause the death of hundreds because they only rescued about 100 people of hundreds of migrants in the process of, of, of this. And now recordings of communications have come out and this this story about this tow is going to be the, the kind of linchpin uh, of blame in this, in this tragic um, situation. It is so sad and I really hope there is accountability and a wider international focus and hopefully national focus from us. And we'll do it here if the national media isn't doing it. We'll do it here on Lights On. I know, Anthony, you cover stories like this all the time. I'm so grateful not only for our professional uh, collaboration, but um, for our friendship. You're a, a wonderful friend, and I, I hope our luminaries know that. I know that your viewers know that. Um, you can support Anthony's work. He is He's a wonderful journalist. He has his own independent reporting that he updates all the time at patreon.com slash five minute news. That's patreon.com slash five minute news. I think there's really um, you know, bargain subscriptions for a month where you're going to get exclusive content from Anthony that you don't get anywhere else. Totally worth your money. Um, also, if you want to support my legal endeavors, you can do that as always. And I thank you so much for that at thejessicadenson.com slash donate, thejessicadenson.com slash donate. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you. If you donated $5 or $50, it's, it's such a heartwarming thing and going towards these massive legal bills like that Steve Bannon deposition that I have to pay for. Um, and I thank you as always for that. Anthony Davis, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Lights On. My pleasure. Jessica, thank you so much. We love our luminaries and we'll see you next week. Have a wonderful weekend.